Father, we just thank you for your awesome presence here this morning and we know that always where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And God, this morning we pray that you would challenge us and you would help us to continue to grow in our relationship with you and living out a life that would give you glory. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This week I happened to see some age concern statistics. So 40 years ago, the average life expectancy of a New Zealander was 71 years. 71 years. Today, today it's 83. Uh, medical science has done an absolute amazing job and have made lots and lots of breakthroughs in keeping our bodies healthier, keeping us alive longer. But interestingly, what science has not kept pace with is keeping our minds healthy and active. And so we're finding that with increased longevity, there is also uh, increased incidence of dementia. And so actually the quality of life for a lot of people uh, hasn't improved greatly, although we're living longer, and that's a real concern. Uh, I actually see a, a similar thing happening in the church of the 21st century, because although we've done a fantastic job in focusing on the need for people to be born again, uh, there hasn't been a lot of breakthroughs in the area of renewing the mind, and this has really led to a lack of understanding and a greatly reduced potential of people in life. And so with this in mind, I want to start a short series that I've called Winning the Battle of the Mind, and this morning it's going to be uh, basically laying the foundations, and when I um, preach again in two weeks' time, we'll get into it in a little bit more depth. But the series is designed to help you renew your mind and reach your destiny because the way we think is going to determine our destiny. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I think one of the scriptures that I've used more than any other scripture over the last 22 years here has been Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, God speaking, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God knows the plans that he has for us. Amen? The problem is that often we don't. We don't know the plans that God has for us. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. In fact, the Bible tells us that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways, our ways. So we don't think the way that Jesus thinks. And so we don't act and respond to situations the way that Jesus would. And because of that, we don't carry the overflow release of the presence of God to break through in situations like Jesus did. 
and we don't get to experience all of God's good and perfect will because we view life and life situations differently to what God does. When our thinking is not aligned to God's thinking, we live powerless lives. Uh, Penny and I really enjoy fishing. A couple of years ago, uh, on my day off, we took the boat out to Marston Cove. It was just a beautiful, still morning. I'd got up at five o'clock in the morning to uh, get everything ready. Uh, we wanted to be out at the cove by sunrise just to be able to get the maximum of our fishing time, get out there, life jackets on, launch the boat, start her up, starts first time as it always does, jumped in the boat, pushed off, pushed her into gear, motor revs, nothing happens. No power. Started, started again, pushed the throttle down to engage everything, nothing happening. The motor's going flat out, but there's no propeller turning. Nothing was happening. So we had to paddle back to the um, to the dock there, we had to put the boat on the trailer and I had to take it back to the place that two weeks earlier had done a service on it because what they hadn't done is when they dropped the bottom end off the motor, uh, when they put it back on again, they hadn't aligned the spine which connects the motor through the gearbox and everything else and so although the motor was revving, no power, no alignment, no power. And having a not particularly renewed mind, I was not that happy. <laughs> I was pretty grumpy, actually. And uh, actually, I haven't been back to that particular group of uh, service people since. But the reality is, because it wasn't aligned, there wasn't any thrust, there wasn't any power. And the same is true with us. An unaligned mind misses God's plans and purposes, and we just drift into powerless, fruitless life with diminished potential. The book of Romans was written to Roman Christians, people just like you and I who have been born again of the Spirit of God. And in Romans chapter 12, it tells us that there is a transforming work that needs to be done in our lives. This is for Christians. It says in verse 2, don't conform to the pattern of this world. In the J.B. Phillips version, it says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And then it goes on and, uh, and says, then, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So prior to transformation, we conform to the pattern of the world and we think the way the unspiritual world thinks and as a result we have difficulty finding and working out God's good and pleasing and perfect will for our lives. In fact we don't find God's will for our lives until we start thinking the way that he thinks. Uh, in, in godly thinking as we align ourselves to the Word of God and to the mind of God, our, His will will unfold in our lives. And our thinking 
will determine how we handle life and who we become. Our thinking actually determines our emotions. Now, I know there are hormonal and physiological determinations for emotions. In other words, if you hit your finger with a hammer, it's going to hurt. And you're going to go, ow. Uh, and you're going to feel pain. Uh, but if someone hurts you with their words, you can feel emotional pain. But the way you think determines the way you feel. I was pretty brassed off that the Crusaders lost last night. First thing this morning, I wake up thinking, oh man, that was just so disappointing that they lost last night. So how did I feel? I felt grumpy. I felt yuck. How I felt followed the way I thought. Uh, most of you, like me, have had an occasion where you've been driving along slightly over the speed limit and you see flashing lights behind you and you think, oh, no, I don't need this. The worst fear is not that I'm going to get a fine, but what my wife is going to say. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so you pull over and as you pull over, the policeman speeds past you and you think, Oh, praise the Lord. Not that he had anything to do with it. <laughs> he wasn't after you. He was after someone else. How do you feel then? You feel great. The way you think determines the way that you feel. An anorexic person feels fat because they believe a lie that they're fat. Uh, they, people say that art mirrors life. Well, in the 1999 sci-fiction classic called The Matrix, which was one of my favorites, people feel what they think. When people in the film are born again by being extracted from The Matrix, they realize that they've been living in a computer-generated matrix reality, which is one big lie. But when they re-enter The Matrix, the hardest thing for them is to convince their mind that this isn't real because they feel what they think. And interestingly, the guy in the film who breaks through and is able to bring others with him is a guy by the name of Neo, whose name means new or a revived form. We need a new revived way of thinking. The way you think determines the way you feel. And if you want to feel differently, begin to think differently. If you want to feel differently, begin to say the things that God says about you. Because the way you think is going to determine your destiny. Because repeated thoughts lead to actions. Repeated actions make habits. Our habits build our lifestyle, and our lifestyle will determine our destiny. So right at the very beginning, repeated thoughts lead to actions. So if you can change the way that you think, in the end, it's going to change the way that you're heading. It's going to change your destiny. So unless we're transformed in our thinking and have our minds controlled by the Spirit of God, 
We're going to continue to think the way the world thinks and live the way the world lives and largely miss out on fulfilling the plans and the purposes of God. The greatest challenge for Christians is to renew our mind because it affects every other area of Christian life. Satan, therefore, attacks us in the area of our mind by setting up strongholds in our life. These strongholds are ways of thinking. I mean, to the non-Christian, for instance, 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. When you're witnessing to people, when you're talking about Jesus Christ to your friends and your neighbours and your workmates, beforehand, pray. Because it's a spiritual battle and you want to break through. And just as Saul had an encounter with Jesus Christ and eventually had the eyes of his understanding opened, we need to break through. We need to ask Jesus Christ to remove the barriers, the blinkers that God has put on people so that they will then be receptive to receiving the good news. Satan's primary strategy for stopping an unbeliever is to blind their minds to the truth. And to the believer, Satan's strategy is to stop us from living the kind of life that Jesus Christ died for by sowing his thoughts and his concepts into our minds because his thoughts ruling in our minds will result in his destiny being outworked in our lives. So many born-again, tongues-talking people still live, talk, walk, think, act just like the world does. And they feel like the world does too. They're Christians, but they're not really enjoying life. They're not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus won for us. That's the bad news. The good news is that we can change. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, we can change. We can change. Before we became Christians, we thought as the world did, we lived in the culture of the world because we didn't know any better. When we become Christians, not only do we begin a relationship with God, but our spiritual eyes were opened so that we could change and become more like Jesus Christ. I remember when I was born again in the Spirit of God, I remember my eyes were opened and I just saw things differently. Everything was different. It was a new reality. When we are born again of the Spirit of God, our mind, our will, and our emotions, our soul still needs changing. But now we have the power and we have the authority to make and participate in those changes as we allow the Spirit of God to lead and develop our thinking. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, which we read in previous weeks. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay, and then what are those strongholds? 
We demolish arguments. Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How many people would be bold enough to say in the last week that they have had some ungodly thoughts? All those that haven't got their hands up are liars. <laughs> we all have ungodly thoughts. That's the reality of it. And we will continue to have ungodly thoughts. But what this verse tells us is that we can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We can take captive those thoughts. The problem isn't that we have ungodly thoughts. The problem is that we don't take them captive. We don't deal with them straight away. I remember a time uh, when I was first working for the dairy company, I was doing a lot of driving between factories in, over the Haraki Plains, going between Wahoroa and Matamata and Hamilton and Waitakaruru and Thames and all over the time. So I was doing quite a bit of time, Reparoa, I'd go down, it was a couple of hours trip. Uh, and I'd, sometimes when you're driving and you just click into a nothing mode, and during those times, suddenly... Um, extreme sexual thoughts would come in. And I thought, wow, where did that come from? When I realized that it wasn't something part of my normal pattern of life, when I realized that this wasn't godly, I knew that it was from the enemy. So what I began to do was I just began to speak in tongues. When those thoughts came in, I began to speak in tongues. Then I began to praise God. And you know, it's amazing how quickly those thoughts disappeared. And I went through a period of uh, probably about a month when those were coming in. And because I dealt with those straight away, after that, they stopped. It's amazing, actually, all, um, when I'm playing golf. And I'm playing golf with uh, three other guys who usually aren't Christians. They'll start off blaspheming. And as soon as they do, I just begin to praise God under my breath. I just begin to thank God. And I just do spiritual warfare. It is amazing how the blasphemy stops. It is incredible. Try it sometime when you're in that situation. God answers our prayers. And we are able to take captive and demolish strongholds. God wants us to know his thoughts and his ways and to be able to think to a measure as he does. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, but we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 4 verse 1, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. So God wants us to have our minds transformed so that we can have the same attitude as he does. And so we can see situations the way that he sees them and act the way that he would act. That's the foundation. The big question is, how? How? How do we change our thinking? How many people here have got a computer? All right. 
Computer, iPad, iPhone, smartphone, all that, they operate the same, same, way, same way. In fact, my smartphone has more power than the whole of the dairy company computer system that took two rooms to fill back in the 70s. Our minds are a bit like a computer. Uh, when we are born again, we change operating systems. Uh, but there are lots of elements of the old operating system which need to be cleaned out step by step. Uh, we know there are problems with a computer if the computer is slow, doesn't function as we expected, and every one of us would have experienced that from time to time. The computer locks up. Um, the computer is just slow. It doesn't do what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, and the same is true as if we get a computer virus. We know we have a computer virus. Uh, when we see the effect of that virus on the way the computer operates. So when we see the computer starting to stall, when we see s funny little signals coming up on our computer screen, we know that we've got a virus, and so we start looking for viruses or old files that are affecting the operation. The same is true with us in our minds. If we have lifestyle problems or problems with the way that we feel, we know there must be a problem with the way that we're thinking because the way that we feel is going to be associated with the way that we think. And the first step with a computer is to check your antivirus software. Every computer these days has antivirus software. And it's there to stop the viruses getting in in the first place and affecting the computer. So with us, we need to check our inputs. to stop destructive thought patterns from getting in in the first place. If you just flick the um, next slide up there for us, uh, you'll see that in one of my trips to India, I visited um, the Golconda Fort, which is a uh, city stronghold in central India, a city set on a hill. Uh, this was a fort that had huge walls and gates of wood and iron. It was an amazing place. There was a snake pit. Uh, there was bat caves. There was uh, rooms for the sultans, 150 concubines. Imagine having 150 wives, guys. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's just destroyed everyone's thinking, hasn't it? Uh, there was a dome in the um, high place of this particular stronghold where you could clap, and the clap would be heard three kilometers away. It traveled around the walls, and they set it up that way so that they could see the enemy coming from a distance, and they could uh, sound the alarm there, and it would be heard all the way around the whole of the fort. But the gates in this place, if we go on to the next slide, the gates were huge. They were five to uh, six meters wide, eight meters high. They were just absolutely uh, humongous gates. Uh, and they needed to be strong because the gates were the place that the enemy would always try and attack. Uh, the enemy couldn't get over the walls, but they could try and get through the gates. The gates were the weakest part of the whole of that fort. 
Doesn't matter how strong the walls were. Doesn't matter how big the buildings were inside. The gates were the place where that fort was most vulnerable. And the same is true with us. Our gates are our eyes and our ears, which lead to our mind and our heart. So we've got to be careful what we are watching, what we are listening to, because what you allow to come in will come out. What you have stored up in your heart has come in either through the eye gate or the ear gate or has been deposited there by the Holy Spirit or by the enemy. What we allow in will come out. Jesus said good people bring good things out of the good stored up in their heart. Evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes in is going to come out. So it's interesting that the, an average child these days, by the age of 65, will have spent nine years sitting in front of a TV 24 hours a day. Nine years, 24 hours a day, is the average TV watching for a child when it grows to 65. Nine years. You know, if that same child attends church every Sunday for 65 years, they will have had four months of Bible. Four months of Bible compared to nine years of TV. Apart from the power of the Word of God, there's a whole pile of influence coming there. And I'm not saying don't watch TV. I love watching TV. I love the sports programs. I love the news. There's a lot of good, good stuff um, that I just really enjoy watching. But we've got to do it in balance. And we've got to realize that and take a regular stock of our inputs because it's no good cleaning up our minds and then continually feeding them with garbage. Because garbage in is going to be garbage out. Uh, in Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So we need to get a balance then with respect to our inputs. That's why it's really, really important to be reading the Word on a regular basis. That's why it's really important to have that um, continual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, every day, because every day we're going to be bombarded with a culture which is not the culture of the kingdom, but the culture of the world. Every day we're going to be bombarded by values that are not the values of the kingdom, but they're values of the word, world. So stop rubbish getting in and then work at cleaning up what's there by recognizing wrong thoughts and wrong thought patterns. And the problem is, a lot of the time, we don't recognize the wrong thoughts. You know, I know guys, your wife will tell you, but a friend might tell you, but generally, for ourselves, we don't immediately recognize our own thought patterns. Generally, we all have thoughts that are not kingdom thoughts. We've lived in the world, we've conformed to the world, we've picked up the world's ways. That's normal. 
but it's thinking which is not spirit-led. And so we're constantly being bombarded with the world's values and rhetoric. So unless we are alive to God and consciously working to renew our thinking and align our thinking to spirit-led thoughts, we will think as the world thinks. Recognizing a problem is the first step to sorting it out. If you know something's wrong, then you can attempt to do something about it. It's like in the 1500s. Most people got married in June. Why? Because they took their yearly bath in May. And they still smelt pretty good by June. However, since they were starting to smell a little bit off, brides would carry a bouquet of flowers to hide their body odour. Hence the custom today, people, of carrying a bouquet when getting married. But we laugh at that sort of thing. But the reality is they knew there was the problem, so they did something about it. And when you know there's a problem, you can do something about it. And as we ask the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, to guide us and to lead us into truth, he'll do that. He'll do that. John 16, 13 says, but when he, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now we're talking about renewing of the mind here, but that applies to all areas. You get stuck in a situation at work, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. It happens. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. The Holy Spirit will shine his light on wrong attitudes, on wrong thoughts, which produce, of course, wrong actions, if you ask him. But not only does the Holy Spirit shine his light on the wrong, he illuminates the right. Uh, some of you would have seen that um, amazing film came out a long time ago called Catch Me If You Can. And it was about basically a, a con man. But uh, at the end of the job, at the end of the uh, film, this con man gets a job working for the FBI. Uh, and basically his job, the job that they gave him was to identify um, counterfeit fraud. And the way that they identify counterfeit checks, counterfeit banknotes, is by having an intimate knowledge of the real thing. They compare the real banknote, the real check, with the counterfeit, and then they can see that there's something different. Okay? We need to compare our thoughts with God's thoughts, which we find in the Word of God. Amos describes God's Word as a plumb line against which our thoughts and our actions can be measured. If you build your life based on anything else but Jesus Christ and His ways, then your life is going to crumble and fall in the light of eternity. I think for me, one of the saddest things about my time with New Zealand Dairy was seeing a number of my good friends who gave themselves to working 24-7 for the company. 
lost their marriages. Their whole life was the dairy company. And then, sadly, after they retired at age 60 with a fortune in superannuation payout, they found they had nothing to live for. And most of those guys died within 10 years. And I think, what a waste of a life. Spent all that time working for something that they were never going to be able to enjoy. But Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. We all need the light of the word of God shining on our situation, shining on our circumstances, shining on the way that we are intending to go, shining on the way that we intend to think. And we need to develop godly thoughts from the Word of God, which will result in godly actions and eventually a godly destiny. Ephesians 5.26, as the musicians come, says, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. God's Word not only has the power to show us the right way, but it can cleanse our minds, cleanse our thinking, cleanse the way that we would have been thinking. So if you want to begin to renew your mind, ask the Holy Spirit for help in recognizing wrong thoughts and get into God's Word because it will change your life. It'll change the way you think. It'll change your life. I would love to be able to have everybody up on the altar call this morning lay hands on everybody, and immediately find everybody had renewed minds. But it doesn't quite work that way. While there is an opportunity to break chains of bondage, to set captives free so that they can begin to freely think in a way which will give God glory, The reality is it's taken us a long time to get into the patterns of thinking that we now have. We can break the power of those, but then we've got to start to dismantle those one by one. We've got to start to think right situations, right ways. And that right way of thinking is developed in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's developed through asking the Holy Spirit to breathe His light on our situations and circumstances and it happens as we read the word of God and meditate on the word of God and God just shows us from his word some of the things that perhaps we're not doing or thinking quite quite rightly so that we can change them and everybody here needs changing First step, though, is to recognize that we need changing. Then see those wrong thoughts, reject them, and then replace them with God's thoughts. Doesn't matter what your situation is, doesn't matter what your circumstances are, there is a breakthrough way of thinking that God can encourage you to take on 
which will produce life in your situation and circumstances. And I need that. I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I had a response from somebody which I was absolutely gutted by. The first thing I did was I sat down on my computer and I wrote a stinging email. Man, it was, would blister the paint off a door. It would give their computer a computer virus. I just laid it out. And then I thought, hmm, I'm just going to ring up a friend and talk to them about it, which I did. Then I waited four days. And I'd cooled down a little bit by then. And I'd had the opportunity to pray about it. And I realized that God was giving me an opportunity to change the way that this situation could be viewed. God was giving me an opportunity to speak something positive into the situation. God was giving me the opportunity to change a culture which had been embedded for some time. And so I screwed up my old email and wrote something completely different. Something that was a little bit more God-glorifying, but also something which was now God-empowered. And that's what we need to do. We need to see situations where we don't line up with the Word of God, recognize, reject those, and replace them with God's Word. Why don't you just stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus.